Welcome back. I'm your host, Yusuf. This is the Monarchy Movement. This is going to be one hell of a ride. Follow us on this journey on the road to kingship. Welcome to the Monarchy Movement, hosted by Yusuf. Welcome back to the show. We got uh, our beautiful guest here. This is one of my fellow kings, Agent Fatty, a.k.a. So Raspy, we call him. You'll notice in a second, the second he starts talking why we call him So Raspy. So. Buddy, you humble me, man. You humble me. Uh, no, no, man. You're gracing Thank us you. with your presence, bro. appreciate you coming in. Appreciate it, bro. Uh, thanks, Fat- thanks for the invite, man. I really appreciate it. This yeah. is... Uh, what you're a brother. Doing here what do you mean? You're a brother to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I thought if anything... Let's get in the family. Let's get in the people that we use. I'd rather see, I'd rather people see that who, who our network is. Let's start off from there, right? Yeah. So obviously, you know, you yourself right now, you're, you're in a sales background. You're a real estate agent, right? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a very interesting market for the last little bit, man. But let's uh, go to the start. Let's go to the beginning where Fatty came from. Oof. Where you want to go? Let's go all the way back, baby. We're going all, all the, the way, way back. back. Well, I'm a, an immigrant kid. I grew up in uh, Palestine. I was born in Egypt, grew up in Palestine. Spent no my uh, my adolescence year in, back in Palestine. Came here when I was 16 years old. Yeah. Since then, it's been grinding since day one, man. Like uh, getting to learn English, getting to learn, you know, the way of life, getting to learn how people operate, the, the way of of, of you know, just a new, new world, new life, basically for me, uh, and then put a spin on it. You know, with the culture background and what have you, and trying to keep that, keep that kind of live and going, and still, you know, just you're kind of you're always feeling like you're caught into between two words, kind of. Because I was gonna so obviously because I'm born and raised here, as you know from from whatever we've chilled before. But I, I've always been here. I know you've had an interesting story yourself. How was it when you actually came out, when you came down to Canada from all these countries? Like, how was it traveling from country to country? Because it's the Middle East. Realistically, the cultures are, the cultures are very similar. And yeah. then how was it when you came to Canada? Was that a big culture shock for you? <laughs> culture shock. 20 is years a, ago, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah dating, <laughs> dating ourselves here, man. Culture shock is a kind of an understatement. Uh, at the beginning of it, it was just... Just the sheer volume of trying to understand how this society operates was just dismal. Did you even speak English when you first got here? Nope. Wow. I, my, my knowledge of English was, uh, where's the bathroom? My name is Fatty. That's about that it. It works. It works. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> trying to get on the bus, trying to catch a bus, telling the bus driver where you going, where you're heading. Like, yeah. And you guys were using maps back then. There wasn't no Google Maps. No, you guys were actually yeah. reading. And then trying to figure out like, if I get onto this bus, where am I going to go? Where is that going to take me? And then feeling lost, feeling hopeless. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I had a little bit of family here, but it's still, at the end of the day, everybody's busy in their own life, right? Like you're trying to establish yourself and every day you feel like, back, back then there's no cell phones, right? Like if I'm lost somewhere, good luck. They're done. There's the- you're, you're pretty much... Catch the next bus. That's that's crazy. That could be half an hour. Was Tom Toms and and uh, Garmin's out back then? Not not even for at least another five years. I think that's five crazy. to ten years. That's crazy. If, and if you got one, you're lucky. I think the first one I got was in two thousand and four, two thousand and five, and I thought I was rich back then. That's crazy. And then uh, now you got an iPhone fourteen. Everything has changed. You yeah. got Apple Maps and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's just so seamless now. Like your day is just. Your calendar is set with where you're Must going, where you're heading. Must have been a crazy struggle, though, that you don't read, you don't read, you don't write, you're, you're, you're illiterate in English, and then obviously you're trying to make it here. Did you, were you going to school? 
Or yeah, did you so already my finish first, high school and you had to come? Uh, well, my first high school, I lasted there for about a week. It wasn't the greatest experience. No, a culture shock. Just the culture shock, the the issues that I had. It was just very, uh, did very much. Did you encounter a lot of racism or anything like that for being an Arab? That was it. And then uh, not only that, but also just the, the way the school set up was, uh, you know, again, with the whole culture shock, not knowing what they're saying, you're taking everything for grain of salt. Like you, you don't know what they're saying. So it was kind of a mix between the two, between like, I'm not really sure what they're saying and if they, are they being nice, are they being mean and kids, you know, like teenagers. Ruthless. Just a-holes. Like at the end of the day, they're not like, whatever they say, even if it was nice, you would take it as not. Yeah, ruthless. Within a kids week, are ruthless. Picked on, pushed my face into the freaking lockers and all of that nonsense. And then I think the, the breaking point was when they touched my brother. And that just basically said. You have an older brother? I know that. Sammy. Younger brothers. So I have three younger brothers. And uh, yeah, it was just, you know, like you've always felt like you're the protector growing up. Good. Uh, so job. about a you week later. Brothers, you got to protect, man. Yeah. We left the school. I went to a new school. And my first six months, let's just say, was. A nightmare. What oh, I've learned that? in those six months is more than I've learned in my entire, I think my entire 16 and Why, years why old. would you say nightmare though? Well, again, like it's just the, the culture shock, the, uh, just the language issue, the, you know, and, and the, the problem back then, it wasn't the same as it is today. The society is, I, I want to say with all honesty, it's a lot more tolerable now. It's a lot more, uh, people are more open-minded. We have a bit of a, an understanding, you know, we're, different backgrounds. Obviously yeah. everybody comes from a different background, but I, I don't see that. I see human. I always see human, no matter today what language today and back then it didn't matter to me. It's always been like this person is another human. It doesn't matter what their color, what their background, what their ethnicity is, yeah. what, uh, what religion they are. Couldn't care less yeah. at the end of the day, it's a human, but I wasn't met with that at the beginning, unfortunately. Because so now, obviously, you're in real estate. What took you there? So from then, what was your father doing when he came here? My father was well, actually he's an architect, and um, another culture shock as well when he came. Uh, even though he came as he a professional, work in his field, right? came as a professional, and then imagine you're coming as a professional, and the promises they make, and this and that, and you're gonna find a job, and all of that. Next thing you know. Uh, you know, he had to open up a restaurant. Like, it's always either a restaurant or a taxi. Yeah, like my dad. I had to open up a restaurant, was working in uh, overnight shift in IT, trying to like make ends meet and what have you. He ended up having to leave the country and go back home and work just to support us. It made more sense anyway. Which made like, more sense yeah. back then. And, you know, he didn't want to necessarily shut down everything, leave the business that he had back home. With that being said, uh, it kind of pushed us to just really be independent from day one good it pushed us to you know go out and and figure shit out on your own good you know what i mean um and my my father always had this mentality with you want something go get it never spoil and then i you just don't have them. the money exactly. i don't have the money to do it for even you. if they did and even if they did he's always been just go do it figure it out i'll, I'll help you with it but you gotta you gotta do your part I my think. first car about my first car when i was 17 I actually learned to drive before I learned English. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine that. It was like, oh, it's at least I get myself it's from place to typical place. Typical Arab stories. Exactly. Typical. So 
so and then also because my mom was learning how to drive at a very old age like at, at 40 almost let's right? be let's be honest driving here compared to back home is madness this yeah. is easy so easy yeah. um no one gives a shit about stop signs no, lights no. and the same thing with my car like my it wasn't like here you go here's money go cash in the pocket go buy no no, no. go get a job yeah get a car Good. That was a challenge, knocking on doors, trying to find a job when you can't speak English. Nah, that, well, obviously that's... Uh, luckily, I actually that ended anyways? up... Did you end up just working for your dad or... You no, I actually ended up with someone from the same background as me and I, we struck up a conversation. He said, listen, uh, I'll bring you in, but you got to learn, man. You can't, you know, you can't just come in and not speak a word. You got to be working the line at Subway. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Trying Your first job was Subway? Subway. My first job at 15 was Subway. Yeah, that was, that was my first job. Just, just trying to, again, put food on the table. I'm freaking 16 and yeah, yeah. my dad can't find a job and I just... I want, to, I want to go back to one of your points when you're like, you know what, your father had to teach you how to be a man to fend for yourself. It's crazy, actually. I was talking to... Uh, it's crazy that you say that. I was talking to my father-in-law, my wife's dad, not long ago. And we were having a conversation about how I said, why did you always give your kids anything they wanted right off the bat? And then he said, I want to give them the life I never had. But I said, look at you today. You're extremely successful. You have a big contracting company. You're making hand over fist. You're doing incredibly well for yourself. Why don't you teach them what, you taught, what you're doing now? You're clearly winning. So why don't you do that instead? And then he's like, you know what? I should. So I'm saying it's good that parents back then, and it's something that we should implement today, right? Got to teach real life lessons, you know? Let them fend for themselves, they're their own people, whatever. That's, that's Yeah, wrong. yeah. Like, I, I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from that is by him pushing us to do things on our own, honestly, I think the process of making it on our own was the most enjoyable thing, not the end results. The struggle and the grind is the best. That teaches you life skills. It teaches you to be resourceful. Bro, there's, there's situations where I'm like, how the frig did I close this deal today? But it's all about shit that you've learned along the way. 100%. How to be resourceful. How to like actually go out of your way. I, you know, you get clients saying like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. Let me show you how. Let me show you how. It's, it's, it's not hard, but you have to think outside the box. So after the subway and all that, when did you get into IT sales? Uh, I got into IT sales roughly in, I want to say 2014, 2015. How did you get into IT sales anyways? You know, it's funny. I was working at Myers Hyundai. I was dying to get a sales job in IT. I couldn't do it because I didn't have French. It's actually pretty interesting. I ended up striking a conversation. Well, what happened actually, my brother got the job first. Right. He got the job and how he got the job, we both ended up going to a job fair. Okay. Uh, we struck up the conversation with the VP of sales. Nice. Nice guy, had very similar background, you know, family's Italian. Um, he's been a grinder since day one. Same thing, never been on, you know, never been, been fed by a silver spoon. It's always yeah. been yeah. find South your way, me. work your way. Millionaire today. Beautiful. But how he did it was through word of mouth, talking to people network of friends and what have you. And we struck up a conversation. My brother started talking to him. I kind of went and I talked to a different uh, couple of people at, at a different booth, unfortunately, and it just didn't pan out. So it panned out with him. He ended up getting an interview, got the job. Six months into the job, 
walked into his the boss's office, the same guy I was talking to you about. And he said, hey, listen, man, you like what you see. You like the results that you see. I got the person that taught me how to get those results. Oh, yeah? So he goes, interesting. Tell me who. He goes, my brother, my older brother. And that was talking about me. And I said, and then he says, I'd love to bring him in for an interview. And at the end of the day, you make a decision. There's no issues there, no hard feelings. Just try him out. It's the best referral you can do. Best referral you can get. So... I ended up getting an interview with one of the managers. He actually came down out of his office on the 11th floor, came down to see me on the third floor while I'm doing an interview just to see what my brother was talking about. No way. He comes in the middle of the interview, kind of interrupted the whole thing. I said, oh, sorry. He's like, yeah, it's the big boss coming in to say hello. I said, yeah, no problem. I said, oh my God, you guys are so much, look exactly the same. Holy crap. You got the same voice. I've never seen your brother. The same thing. And I said, yeah, man. He says, if your brother says anything about you, everything he's been saying about you, if, it, if half of it is, is truth, I'd like to bring you on board. Nice. That was my interview. That's actually, that's beautiful. Got the interview, been best friends with this guy for the last seven years. Is that before or after, um, what's the name of that company? Hartco? I Heart? Uh, no, that was actually ages before. Uh, sorry, ages after. Uh, Hartco was actually one of my first sales jobs. I was gonna say, how did that go? In, selling phones. Yeah, so that's where I started. Same, same exact story. Same was, business, uh, same company, telephone booth. Yeah, yeah. Started, so yeah. how I started with Hartco was very interesting. So while I was in, after I left Subway, I went in and I just basically started selling shoes. Okay. Uh, back in early two thousand. Everybody was calling me Bundy. I hated that name. <laughs> and I said, I'm not, I'm not that guy, man. I'm just look at me. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm trying to sell sh- shoes to the ladies, but I'm not Bundy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you look better anyways. Thank you. I appreciate it, bro. Oh, <laughs> so what happened is I got introduced. I was working in the mall yeah. um, and I got really comfortable with everybody in the mall. And, sure. and uh, again, being resourceful, like being able to just kind of work your way, network your way through. I ended up striking a conversation at one of the guys there and we became really good friends. Like he's, he's actually the store manager. Yeah. One day I came by and uh, he'd mentioned that one of his employees just left on a break and never coming back. And I said, why? That's it was it. something with the family, just stressful situation, this and that. And yeah. the guy's been really slacking off. And I said, oh, I'm really sorry, man. It's worth to hear. He goes, uh, I really need to go to the bathroom. Come in and sub in for me. Yeah, yeah. I said, but I work, don't work here, man. He goes, yeah, yeah, just sub in for 15 minutes. So I stood there for 15 minutes. I came back. I was trying to sell phones for him when he was gone. <laughs> he came back and I was actually, I was in the middle of a sale. That's I had amazing. sold the phone for him, not knowing anything about, I knew the plan. I had the same plan. I just struck a conversation with the guy. and King, uh, king of improvisation. Yeah. So I just basically, the guy is just about to ring it in. Yeah. And uh, he shows up. He goes, what are you doing? I said, I don't know, man. I was... I was here, the guy was asking me questions. I answered the questions and I followed the brochures. Amazing. He goes, well, how do you know anything about plans? I said, I didn't. You got everything all written down there behind the table. So I just grabbed oh, this man. and I showed him. And I was telling him, and he was asking me about services, plans, this and that. And I said, what I'm using and this and that. And That's amazing. The guy liked me, so he decided he want to buy. He goes, okay. What is he buying? I said, he's buying four phones. Or, no way. You, yeah, got yeah. A, you got a hat trick right off the rip. Four. Wow. He said, okay, well, I'm going to ring it in. I'll explain to him a little bit more about the terms and conditions so we don't get in trouble. Right. 
but don't go away. I said, I got to go back to my work. He goes, yeah, yeah, go back to your work, but come back and see me after. So I go back to my work, finish my two, two hour shift, come back and say, hey man, what's going on? Yeah. I thought he was mad at me, like, cause you know, he goes, how would you like to start working tomorrow? No. <laughs> I said, I can't, man, I gotta, I have a commitment upstairs. He goes, give them your two weeks. All right. I walk back upstairs, I give them my two weeks. They said, you know, retail, we can't let you work after this. If you give us the two weeks, we gotta let you go. Yeah. I said, why? He's like, well, just the, you know, the whole conflict of interest and this and that. You're going to work in the mall. Where are you going to work? I said, downstairs. What no. mall is this, by the way? Bayshore. No way. Yeah, yeah. You worked at telephone booth too? Back when it was the ghetto. How the, yeah. that's incredible. You know how many man. times we had people coming in, stealing crap and running across the mall? I, I worked there in 2009. I had yeah. the experience. That's that crazy. was before the renovation too. So I worked my way through there. I got, that's where I learned majority of, Hustling and bustling when it came to sales is just, you know, it was a tiny booth and yeah. you couldn't, like you're basically having to grab people from the hallway to say, hey, hey, come in, come in, let's go. You want to buy a phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You used then to you do gotta, the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah you got to tell them everything about the phones, the plans, the whole nine yards, and all they have to do is just like you. That's incredible, man. Once they like you, man, you just... You know, it's funny, I created, I turned that into an art. It was a skill called fishing we were calling. I had a, I did a show of, uh, last week. One of my boys, Richie Rich, I called him. He was working at Telus. It was the same thing. That's how I met him. Yeah, this met was actually back in 04 when I started working yeah, on the phone. Yeah, five yeah. years before my time. Yeah. That's incredible, man. That's crazy, Subway, man. Subway, T-Booth. T-Booth, and then I did T-Booth Wireless Waves, the same company. Next thing you know, it was just got into it, got into the uh, mortgages around 07. Did that for about a year and a half, the market crash. Okay. And that's where you learn that you got to put food on the table. Back then, I was married. Was I had a I was kid on the point. way. One kid in, one kid on the way. How old do you know? 42. Well, Back then. Was, so we're 10 years yeah. apart. So yeah. at that time, how old how old you, you have been? 27, 20, yeah. 27, roughly. Yeah, I would have been 17. 27, 25. I didn't have to have your worries. I didn't have no, I was living at home. Yeah. Because everyone's crazy, talking man. about the looming recession. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then they keep comparing it back to the 2008. This is actually interesting that, because you're saying that's well, when you learn how. Yeah. Back let's in, be honest. Let's talk about that a little let's, bit. Because let's kind of give you an understanding. So we used yeah. to do an average of like four, five, six deals a month right. back then, you know, and then they're all between A, B, C lenders. Didn't deal much with the C lenders, mostly A and B lenders, mostly A, to, to be honest. Right. And then all of a sudden you start noticing like the beginning of 08, it started to like slow down. The banks are getting a little bit more stringent. They're just not really sure what's going on. Right. And it was just this massive air of no confidence, zero confidence, whether it's from like, you're literally getting an A plus borrower coming into you and saying, Hey man, I'd, I'd like to get some money. Like, can you sell, can I, can you, can I get a house? Can I get a mortgage? Can I buy this business? Is there yeah. anything that I can do? This is where we were doing, like I said before, we were doing like maybe five, six a month. Now we're doing two a month. Wow. Imagine your business cutting like one third. So that's where you start going and door knocking becomes not the norm, but the only thing you can do, the door knocking, talking. Your activity level, basically at that point, this is where I learned that everything you do Activities decides your opportunities, Yeah, right? 
people are talking in sales, people are talking about activity, activity, activity. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do your calling. You got to do this. You got to, you know, figure out how to get business. But it's all about the amount of activity that you do. So when the business starts to shrink, all right. the only thing that you can control, actually two things you can control, mindset and activities. 100%. Mindset meaning like, I know shit is broken. I know that I'm, I, I can't change it. I know the economy is tanking. Well, what are we gonna I got to figure out a way to improve. If I went down from six sales a month to two sales a month, and I used to do, you know, 50 phone calls a day or 30 phone calls a day or 20 phone calls a day, whatever the amount is, now I got to triple it. Quadruple it. Yeah, absolutely. I got to triple the output yeah. or triple the input if you want, just so I can triple the output yeah. or at least maintain a healthy level. We were doing that. We, we got to the point where we were just burnt out. And that's when the crash happened in like September, October. So how was that? Because like I'm saying, you know, I, were, well, I want to talk about since you were actually very proud, you were present at that time and obviously you understand the experience. Like I said, that didn't hit me the way it hit most people because obviously I'm young. I live at mom's house, mom and yeah. dad's house. I didn't have your responsibilities. Everyone talking nowadays about the next looming recession that's coming. And they're saying it's going to be bad in the OA crash. There's so how money. bad was the OA crash? Like in well, terms of Canada wasn't as bad. Like, let's just be real here. At the end of the day, Canada wasn't as bad. We were kind of protected in a way because we do have a lot of uh, fail safe. Fortunately, our government is not as loose. Fortunately for us, our government is not as loose as far as laws and, and, and you know, when it comes to measures for banking, right. the, uh, you know, the regulations that they have around banking and the things that you can do and you can't do, they're not the same as the States. The States was kind of like the... Wild yeah, they West. had like 16-year-olds getting 5K overdraft protection. I'm like, that's nuts. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I can't even get a $300 and, credit card. And you card. got like, uh, oh, a business owner. Like, man, I, there's stories where I remember we went away for uh, a conference back in 07. Right. Late 07, I went to conference in Vegas. And I was talking to some of the mortgage brokers that were doing the business that I was doing. Right. And the guys were driving Lambos and Ferraris and... I'm talking mortgage brokers. I thought it's Vegas, man. I thought I, what happens. No, 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 buddy. You can't those talk are, much about it. Those are like those are the regular daily cars. That's crazy. And those same guys, a year later, are on the street. That's nuts. Because at the end These of the day, all mortgage like, guys, all mortgage guys, some of them, and then luckily there, like because of the, you know mortgage guys are the first people to to start kind of noticing this because right. obviously if they can't write mortgages they can't put food on the table they can't really right. uh, pay their mortgages they can't even so you already had ours. so you already had experience in the housing industry because now obviously you're in real estate you're correct. a realtor now correct so you already had mortgage experience yeah so uh, then let me I ask you this did you start off what brokerage when, what brokerage did you start off with when you first got into so the i game? started off with a brokerage called keller williams and then they're yeah. they're pretty big they're you know uh, known maybe in about eight or nine countries uh mostly in the states are a lot bigger in the states than they are in canada right um and when i started with them it was uh it was all about just being able to uh you know like they, they had a really good program my understanding is that they have a really good program uh, of learning, you know, the systems, learning the, you know, any job that you start, your first 90 days on the job are the most crucial, especially if you're in sales. Yeah. When you're in sales, 90 to 120 days is when you are ready to start ringing in deals. 
Right. It takes they show you, you your systems. Yeah. They show you the ways, techniques. If you start like the the average sort of uh, sales cycle yeah. in any job is between you know ninety to about one hundred and twenty. Some take a little bit longer sales cycle, yeah. but those are the average jobs. Unless you're working in enterprise level, you know those ones could take about a year, year and a half as far as a sales cycle from yeah. the moment they start talking to the moment that you clo- close the sale and you've got money in the in the pocket, if you will. So. What I wanted to do in those 90 days is focus on building my business, focus on learning the systems, uh, understand, you know, how to go about a day in the life, if you will, of real estate agent. Of a real estate agent. And, and, and all of that. And you, the way they pair you, they pair you up with um, what we call a mentor. Oh, so you shadow somebody in this entrepreneur world. You could. Nobody's forcing you to do that, but you could oh, if you want to shadow that. Give you, yeah. And I unfortunately started, and, and, and this is something that a lot of real estate agents do, and I actually, now I recommend against it. Okay. If you're going to start something, start it full-time day one. Burn the bridges, burn. I, I, I told a lot of realtors the same yeah. thing. The reason why is because when you don't burn bridges, when you don't burn the ships, if you will, you end up always relying on plan B. Exactly. You cannot rely on plan B. On you plan really B. want to succeed at something, put your full heart and soul in it, buddy. Yeah, no, Simple I agree with that. you, man. Plan B should be don't mess up plan A, you know what I mean? It's like t- dating yeah. two girls. You can't yeah. wishy-washy. <laughs> it's, it's either one or the other. There's, yeah. there's no... Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't paddle can't. your feet in the water. You just got to dive you, in. That's it. We have a saying back home. It's like the, the man with two brains is a liar. It translates into if you have two different things going on at the same time, and they're both our main things. You can't yeah. be two full-time jobs at a time. That's well, the same 100%. time. It's either 100%. one or the other. Okay, so, so that's you- when I decided, you know what? I'm going to leave IT completely and I'm yeah. going to go head first into this. Burn the bridges, do or die. Because you were doing that. Yeah. You were working IT and do a part-time. I did. And I did that for about maybe six months or so. And I realized really quickly that the brokerage that I was with is not going to support my needs. Uh, it was a lot of archaic sort of uh, processes. Uh, and again, because I come from an IT background, yeah. I'm used to everything being cloud-based, everything being secure, everything being, um, you know, you don't, I don't have to, like, uh, done the days where I, I got to come to you to sign pieces of paper. Here we go, sign this piece of paper. What are you, fucking <laughs> Everything 50? is e-signatures now. You know what I mean? What are you, like 70 years old? I'm sorry, but even yeah. if you are, everyone is e-signature, everyone is is now in the cloud. Everyone's got email. People have been using emails for 20 some years. And what's crazy is even realtors, you have you have ORAP dashboard, you guys got AuthentiSign right off the Correct. road Correct. So. And the brokerage, don't get me wrong, they are almost there. It's just, it's not as explosive as where I'm at today. So let's talk about that. So with EXP, the way the model is, is just it's it just makes absolute sense. I don't have to have an office. I don't have to, to pay for a brick and mortar anymore. I don't necessarily have to be tied down with, with a lease. I don't have to worry about, you know, going in, checking in. If I want to meet a client, most of my my realtors that I work with, 99% of them, they're on the road 24-7. Yeah, absolutely. Why would you have a job where you have an office that you can go to? Sure, I get it, the prestige. Why? Let's be honest, since when does a client come to you guys anyways? Especially, if, especially if you are in the residential real estate. 100%. Most of the time, where are we meeting anyways? At the kitchen table. Yeah, literally. You know, I'm meeting in the hallway somewhere, talking at a networking event. Next thing you know, okay, let's go. Invite me to your kitchen table. I sit down, talk. 
We go see the house, we decide we want to put it, we want to park it, we do whatever the, the, the heck we want to do, but that's all happening at, at the, the kitchen, kitchen table. table yeah. It's not happening. It's no, no longer happening you at the office. You guys should make a, a podcast yourselves, kitchen table talks. That's, you know? that's what we need to call it, man. Podcast <laughs> is a kitchen table talk. Literally. And, and, and that's where, you know, you have the belly-to-belly conversation with the client. Yeah. So I'm, I'm from the old school when it comes to sales. I've, don't get me wrong. I've done sales over the phone for from IT when I was in IT for a good seven, eight years. Yeah. I can talk your ear off on the phone, no issues. Yeah. And I've done 99% of my, my work was on the phone. By the way, people don't understand for a sales guy, that's very difficult. Cold calling is, a, is an art in itself. Oh. But continue. <laughs> yeah. I got to give we'll, credit we'll, where credit's we'll, due. We'll get know? to do that. We'll <laughs> get to talk a little bit about that. I've got, I think if I go back to my cold calling numbers. Yeah. I have 125,000 cold calls under my belt. That's insanity. So that's, that's insanity. That's I, impressive. This is like where you build Beyond really, impressive. you know, the callus that we have here. Yeah. That's your skin is a callus. You People can get tell t- you to go you fuck yourself. You gotta get TMJ. You gotta get TMJ. Oh yeah. And uh, so basically like when you're doing that, when, when I was doing that in IT, it's like, you know, six or seven hours a day, you're on the phone. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. The only way for you to measure your success is by how many hours you've been on the phone. Metrics. Same thing here is why would I want to have an office when I am not at the office? My most productive time is when I'm with client and I'm actually talking to client. That's right. And when you start looking at your book of business and, and the way that the sales happen and whatever, uh, let me ask you this. You're in the business of sales too. That's right. If you don't know it, I got to break it to you. You're in the business yeah. of sales. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but the way it is, it's you're only really producing is when you're talking to client. Clients don't care about the, the time that you were doing research, 100%. the time that you were looking at uh, what the property's worth, you know, how many people you've called to figure out, you know. I have the same thing as you. I have a showroom in the front right here. I barely get anybody coming to the showroom. No. Yeah. So but you bring that stuff to them uh, when you go see them. That's, that's right. You, yeah. you bring it to them to show them to... Gone are the days where the client walk into the office. I'm done. And that stuff doesn't happen. I mean, we are in the society of everybody's on the move. As it should be. It's easier yeah, at the kitchen table anyways. It's their everybody's own comfort on the zone. It's perfect. Their comfort zone. And not only that, when they're in the comfort zone, they feel like they can tell you everything. Yeah, the walls are down. That's exactly and, what you, you know, want. You're in there, the lion's den. Exactly. When you're in the lion's den, the lion owns it. 100%. So you got to talk to them at their own turf. Yeah. For that, I decided, you know what, like, okay, first off, this broker is not serving it for me. This is mobile. This is something that I, I can take on. But not only this, it's the ability to be able to take my business anywhere in the world. That's right. Operate it anywhere in the world. We operate in 24 countries today. Actually, exciting enough, that was one of the things I wanted to bring up. Was I'm, I'm uh, one, of, that one, up. one of the ventures that you guys got going on. And so, yeah, we've got, uh, right now we've got 24 countries. They just opened uh, the United Arab Emirates. They're pretty much everywhere, like everywhere. And the beauty about it is when you're looking at opening up market like this, you got to be kind of on the ground level because that's where you start. Like I'll give you an example. The person that opened up the office here in Ontario, right? Um, they are at 1,600 agents. 1600 agents by the way can we go back first of all we never even explained you never explained why this brokerage where you are today 
makes sense. You know, I know it, I love going yeah, on a tangent, yeah, no, but so let, we've talked about, we've let, talked let's about do the that whole, for a second here. The before whole brick we move and mortar on. thing. Exactly. That was one thing that I, you know, decided why this brokerage doesn't make sense to me. The brick and mortar. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I no longer have to pay for leases and all of that. But yeah. more important is the way that the brokerage is built. Right. It's built in such a way. And I, I, you know, I hate to break it to some people say it's a pyramid scheme. It's not. It is everything that you do in life. There is a boss. And there is everybody else. Yeah, I agree. Right. The difference here, it's kind of a flip pyramid in a way. So when I say flip pyramid, I mean the CEOs, the CFOs, the brokers of record, their job is to serve me. I work for this organization. It's not the other way around. Right. What I mean by that is my cut that I pay for the brokers, the fee that I pay for the brokers, which is essentially the fee, the fee that I keep to, to keep my license. Yeah. I could choose to go personal, have my own brokerage, have a, my own broker of record, hire my own broker of record, go pay five, $600,000 for that broker of record, yeah. and then have a brick and mortar, have an office and all of that. So I'm looking at about almost a million dollar in expense a year just to build a business. Where here, my expenses are zero and I can build a business with a downline, when I say a downline, basically people that I work with me or work yeah. for me, I don't work call it work with me. Sorry, I don't want to call it work for me because they actually work with me. Of course. They are independent contractors. Everybody has their own thing, but they're essentially my my employees in a way. They have their own, everybody can own their own piece of the brokerage without the overhead, without that Which headache, is incredible. Which is amazing. It gives you a chance at ownership, at least. And the beauty about it is, you know, when you're looking at brokers, like other brokers out there, uh, you know, you've got a percentage that you've got a, a cut that you have to pay for the brokerage. Yeah. We have the same exact thing. But the difference is the organization gives you back for having to hire and train these employees. Right. So for bringing somebody on, for attracting those agents, those, the talent, uh, I'm no longer just a number. I'm actually a business owner now within that unit. Yeah. I have a business unit within. Yeah. And this is where I was saying with, with the fact that this allows you the ability to be able to work worldwide. I can build that business or that network anywhere in the world in 24 countries. So I can have a piece. Which is incredible. There's not yeah. many that can do that. I can have a piece out in Dubai if I wanted to. If I, I can have a, an Why office Why did you bring out. up Dubai? Why, what was the first country of choice? That's Dubai. because this is where the next real estate boom is going to happen. And who's going to be on the ground level? We are. That's right. And this is what I was talking about. Just being on the ground level anywhere, you're literally building that whole entire organization. So what's timeline right now for you guys? Because obviously you're part of... Uh, I want to say, look, we already You're have part it. of right now. We already have it in Dubai. We've got a few agents kind of on on the the floor. Oh, nice! Ground so floor. You, that's it. You guys have already settled yeah, into yeah, the yeah. game. We've already opened it that's up. That's amazing. It's on the, the ground floor. Man. Uh, what I'm hoping is to, to have my own piece, not just the EXP piece, but my own piece within the the the, the brand, the Kodera Real Estate brand within Dubai, where I got business going in there. Well, you opened up the Dubai office. No. Was this, this, is a, this has a, been kind of a joint venture with joint the broker venture. of record. We've got a broker of record now in Dubai. They've been talking about it for quite some time. Michael Veldas actually is our head of international um, international market. He's the, the person that actually wow. did that. But we've done a lot of back and forth talks and what have you, bringing in a few people here and there that can actually bring this to fruition. But you did all that. Done a lot of legwork. 
Let's just put Amazing, it down. Amazing, man. Not Amazing. a lot of, not a lot of people can say that. That's, You're that's... opening up to a whole other market. Now yeah. you're going to open up I, to Dubai. And now we're hoping to, you know, kind of expand that in multiple markets as well, too. So, you know, be able to kind of build the same thing, whether it's in Ottawa or Toronto or outside, all around. Yeah. Uh, the idea is to, you know, have enough downline that you can retire. This is. I won't lie to you. My take on it, and I'm not even in real estate. I remember there was a time where uh, Ahmed actually brought kids. I think he was part of Remax Core at the time being, and then he showed me the EXP model. And remind you, I'm in construction. I'm, I have nothing to do with real estate. And I looked at him. I'm like, Are you nuts? I didn't even know why you're still thinking about it. It's a no-brainer. Realistically, let's be honest. Are they calling Remax, Royal Page, Keller Williams, or whoever? Or are they calling Fadi Kudair and being like, hey, Fadi, I'm looking looking a list of property. They don't care about the brokerage. They care no, about you guys. No, and, and even boutique shops that call themselves boutique shops, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, people do business with people. Exactly. They don't do business with organization. They 100%. couldn't give a shit what your name looks like, if it's red or blue or white You're or black. You're telling me if I can bring in someone else, I get a piece of the pie while also they're not... Losing a penny. That's incredible. Why wouldn't I want to do that? 100%. It's more incentive. Not only, not only they're not you. losing a penny, they're also saving on a lot of overhead costs. If I'm, a, if I'm icon agent, I get stock shares. I get, you get almost like, it's almost like an equity play. You know what oh, I mean? That's it's, like, that's the whole other. I'm just, I yeah. looked at it I'm, and I'm like, you know, what's crazy? I can't believe, and I can't believe this isn't even blowing up faster. I was shocked. It took him not long to join. Obviously he's part of EXP, but. I just, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, it's yeah. such a genius model. Whoever came up with this model isn't, personally, if I was in real estate, I was even thinking of joining real estate, not even this houses, man. I was thinking of just recruiting because I used to do, I used to do ACN mm -hmm. and that's all I was doing. I'm like, anybody that sees this model and thinks it's crazy or tells me I'm comfortable on my brokerage, remember, lines are never comfortable. No, no. The day that you're comfortable, that's the day you die. That's it, done, man. I had to put my little two cents on that because I remember I used to just think about it. I'm like, this is such a crazy conversation. How is this even a conversation to be had? Mm -hmm. you, the, the, benefits, the benefits that are there outweighs, outweighs the cons. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. There's and barely it, it any also, cons. It allows you to just be able to I don't, and, I'm and I'm not even saying that to... Yeah. I don't want to alienate any other realtors because obviously... No, for sure. I do a lot hey, of look, business I, I, with realtors, but I just I have to say, I but, just found out... But here's what happens model. with every realtor on January 1st. You start from zero. That's crazy. This model allows you to say, I look at this and I've got, you know, you know maybe 50, 100, a couple of hundred agents, whatever the amount of agents you have working with you. Yeah. Um, imagine just making a smidgen off of each one yeah. that it comes up to about a couple of hundred thousands a year. Some are making a couple of millions a year. We have folks that are in the 20,000 downline, 20,000 agents in their downline. That's incredible. Those folks are making close to a couple of million a month. As they should, by the way. They, they should be rewarded for it, Because too. what they've done is they built this massive following of agents, give them the opportunity, give them the training required to do the job that they need to do. Yeah. Put food on the table. Yeah. And that's where the company rewards them for it by giving them back 50% of the commissions, they, like that 20% that they, they take away, they yeah. give them, they put it back to agents. Which is good. EXP paid this the year more 
what they paid in revenue share, that's what they call it, revenue share. They've actually paid more revenue share than the next big organization paid in total revenue. That's insane. That's incredible. Without mentioning Why would any nobody names? want to be a part of that? Like I said, I'm not even trying to alienate other, other realtors from doing business with us here at Monarchy Build, but I'm like, you know what? As soon as I seen that model, absolutely it's, it's, incredible. And that's the thing. If anybody, you know what? Let me ask you this then, obviously, because we have you here, and I think you're fantastic at what you do. Obviously, I'd highly recommend you for sure. My question to you is if there's somebody that's willing, that wants to start real estate in today's market, what do you recommend? Get yourself a freaking coach day one. Day one. Day one, get yourself a coach, a mentor, an accountability person, somebody that you are accountable to, and actually do the work. An accountability person is someone that's going to hold you accountable to doing that work. So you say, hey, I'm going to be doing 20 calls a day, and that's my goal. Your accountability person will be calling you once a week, once a month, whatever whatever you set it up. And you've got to be able to prove to them that you've done the work. The beauty about this job, the beauty about it is if you do the work, no matter what, you get the results. 100%. No matter what. Like it's impossible for you to do the work, to do the numbers without seeing the results. It might not be fully 100% where you need it to be, but that's easy. Then you can go back and tweak the amount of work you put in. Exactly. It's literally, it's like basically opening up the tap. Okay, so get a coach. Get a coach. Get a mentor. Get a mentor. What else? A coach and a mentor, because a coach and a mentor is a little bit different. Are you willing to? T- are you willing to coach people? Some I don't know if you still have time for that. Are you willing to still mentor? I'm coach willing people? to give people my time if they're willing to show me the results. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because we'll leave. We'll leave the link of your uh, your Instagram page and stuff like that. I appreciate it, man. In the description, if people want to get a hold of you, you know, like obviously. The other thing too that I learned in this business, and regardless if, if uh, like what is it that you do, actually, it's not just business, business, any business. Yeah. It's all about the value that you bring forward. 100%. Without any expectations. Okay, so how can somebody bring value? Okay, I'll give you an example. Remember what I said earlier about enjoying the process? Yeah. So whatever, like I, everything that I do is learning. Every day I'm learning. If I'm going to the gym, it's a process. I am learning. The enjoyment is in the process. I enjoy the process. You're nuts for doing CrossFit, by the way. I just got to remember. That's a whole other, other. And I've only started about a year and a half ago of this beast, but that's another beast. We'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about that after, time. yeah. What I mean by enjoying the process and, and like just giving the value, when I'm dealing with somebody, whether it's a first-time home buyer or a, a business looking to relocate or essentially like, a, you know, an investor looking for buying a, a bunch of properties, whatever the, the amount is, Whatever it is, I always look at it from one perspective. What can I do to be a servant for this person and make sure that they do not get screwed? Because obviously you're, you're if fiduciary I am this obligations. Person, if I am this person, how would I like to be represented? That's right. And I treat this person as if it's me that I'm buying for. Put your heart and soul in it. Whether it works or not, I don't care. Whether it's going to happen or not, it doesn't matter. The results don't matter. Although the results come, but because you put your heart and soul in it, people feel it. It's all about the energy. Remember what what we said earlier, do do people care about what brand you work with? Nobody gives a shit what brand you work with. They only care when they know how much you care. I was saying this before on another uh, 
to someone else. I was saying people think that they can't see through the lies, but everybody cuts through the bullshit. 100%. You 100%. can only, I, it's like, remember we're talking about Arabic sayings. I love the one that says, it doesn't matter how long the lie, the, uh, the rope is always short. You know what I mean? So if you're not, if you do anything genuine with honesty and you're honorable. It comes back to you. Always. So I'll give you an example. When I first started my, my real estate, I have actually helped this. And again, Nobody does rentals nowadays. Nobody wants to do rentals. I helped this lady with the Which rental. Which is nuts. Right? So much paperwork. But she had no clue what the process looks like. And it doesn't pay much anyways. But just putting your heart and soul in it and putting, you know, just picturing yourself being that family, brand new in Canada, they have no idea how to get a loan or anything like that. And the only thing that they can afford is a rental. Yeah. And they can't even navigate English is also a, a, a struggle with them, right? Of course. And I said, you know what? Let me just do what someone didn't do to me 20 years ago. Let me help them out. Amazing. So you put your heart and soul in it. That one client had referred me close to 25 clients in the I past I was going to say, everybody thinks it's not worth their time, but these are your bread and butter. 100%. 100%. It's to the point where now my focus and my niche is one thing. I help immigrant folks get into homes. That's amazing. That's on my residential side. On my commercial side, it's a bit different. It's a bit across, across the yeah, globe. Yeah, because we were talking before this, you were saying something about uh, you're delving into the commercial space. Yeah, that's, that's been, uh, commercial's been hot lately in the last like two or three years just because of the whole shift with the pandemic and you know, like for example, downtown used to be the hub, used to be the the, the area. Everybody you know, actually, before we go there, let's 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 do something like this. Like as an example, you do real, you do both residential and commercial. What would you recommend anybody today trying to buy or sell? I think that's the question. Everybody <laughs> hears these gurus and TikTok TikTok videos. You know, I'm sitting down with a live agent that's actually legit. What would you What would you advise? Start somewhere, man. It doesn't matter what you do. Real estate, the beauty about it is it doesn't matter what you decide to get into. Once you start, you get your hands a little dirty, you'll start learning what works for you. Because if I, I'm going to sit there and say, okay, no, maybe for you, it's multi-units. Maybe for someone else, it's going to be the, you know, one door and, and call it a day. Maybe for someone else, they just were looking at, you know, a portfolio. It's, it's got to be a mixed portfolio. Yeah, but we're, we're uh, talking about right now, interest rates. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, but you yeah. went from 1.5 to 5.6. Do you know that saying that says that too shall pass? Hundred <laughs> percent, they all yeah. shall pass. Interest rate is like that's that's everybody's question. I even have a friend now that's one hundred percent asking me. He's like, "Man, should I buy? I'm sick and tired of renting." I'm like, "You know, that's a very good question." Have you have you ever seen a renter retire? Yeah, that's a good one, man. So the question's yes. So the answer is yes. It doesn't matter what you buy with real estate. It's basically the way I look at real estate is like, it doesn't matter what you, like, what is it that you're going to buy? It's more about when you get in. Yeah, but we're talking about the timing right now. Realistically. The timing is always now. Because if you bought yesterday, you're richer today. If you bought tomorrow, you're richer 10 years from now. It's just the way it works. It's like getting on a train. Real estate is like getting on a train. There is this here and there's that destination over there. Yeah. Wherever you get on the train, you just get a better seat. If 
you get in earlier, you get a better seat. Realistically, I, I think in Ottawa, if anything, since I think, what do they say? The statistics says 80% of uh, workers in Ottawa are, are some faction of government, whether it's municipal. Yeah, it's one uh, of the most, the most stable, stable markets. Yeah, exactly. Ottawa has been the most stable market since the beginning of time, like literally since the beginning of Canada. Reason being is because it's a government town. Everyone is, you know, 80 to 90% of people at least 80 to 90% of the household, one of them is working in the government, at least one of them, Yeah. if not two, if not at least three, you never know. Uh, it's very rare for you to walk downtown Ottawa without bumping into somebody that works in the government or anywhere in no, Ottawa. No, it's 100%. I do right? a lot of business with government employees. Because of that, it's a stable income, stable market, stable uh, you know, society. Like there isn't much foreclosures. Uh, it actually it makes me laugh every time someone calls me like, oh, do you have any foreclosures that, for sale? It's, yeah, it's like almost, I wish. It's almost like, a, no, they don't, they don't come quite often. Why they don't come quite often? Because foreclosures, you, you have to shit the bed to be able to you know, foreclose, right? 100%. The beauty about the market that we're in, and again, thanks to the federal government for some of the tight lines that they have, like some of the restrictions that they have, it's kind of hard for you to fall off the track. If you follow them. If you're following all the guidelines, yeah. it's kind of hard for you to fall off the track not to pay your mortgage unless something major happens to you. You lose your job or Some whatever. catastrophic. Exactly. But at that, even at that, there is options. Just don't wait until foreclosure. There is options. The way I look at it, real estate is realistically, if you're going to buy to flip tomorrow, maybe right now is not the time. But if you're always looking at the long game, you're always going to win. Yeah. There's always a market for everything that you're looking for. Yeah. You just got to find it. Literally. Our job and my team's job is to find it. So if you come to me, like it, it doesn't matter what kind of investor you are. You come in and say, look, we're looking for uh, this and this and this, and we're planning on flipping. Great. I'll find you something. Hey, I'm coming. I'm looking for, you know, buying and holding. Yeah. Great. I'll find you something. Yeah. Everyone should have a strategy that suits their personality and right. suits their level of what risk can you take on. I think that should be the answer people are looking for. If you're looking to get into real estate, figure out the strategy that will figure out what you're trying to do first and what you're trying to accomplish. And 100%. And one thing that we do- you and then you will formulate some kind of strategy. Exactly. And one thing that we always do, and it's uh, and if, if your real estate agent is not doing it for you, you got a problem, you always have to make sure that you have that open dialogue at the beginning. It's a free consultation. No. I'll take you out for a coffee anytime you want to. No. But we got to sit down and talk about what your plans are and what you, you plan to do. And that's free. It doesn't cost you anything. No. But that determines what level of stress you can have, what sort of uh, risk that you can take. And to each their own. You know, you might be a little bit more avid to take uh, multiple risks. You're a contractor. Okay, you might be able to do flips. That might be your avenue. Someone else might be looking at, you know what, I... I'm not really into real estate. I am into real estate, but I'm not really, you know, too much into flipping or what have you. I don't know how, you know, I can't even hire a contractor for right. God's sake. That's something that we can help out with and say, you know what, maybe your strategy should be buy and hold. Yeah. Maybe you should be looking at uh, multi-units. Maybe you should look at pooling your money. Right. And that's another thing that we've, we've been doing as well too. We've been working on and actually internationally we've been working say, on. I was going to say, this is a new term. I'm just hearing about this now. Yeah. So we, we, there's a couple of things in real estate. There's something called a REIT real estate investment. So you put it together, yeah. you bring in, and that one is a little bit more, um, I, I want to say a little bit more mainstream. It's a little bit more on the market. It can be traded even. Uh, and then you can also do uh, a syndicate. A syndicate is a little bit more, less restrict, 
list restrictions, but you do have to still bring it to lawyers and what have you and make sure that it's done properly. So how does that work? Is that very private? Because you're saying the other one you could sell it. It's a private. It's a lot of the times you get invited to it. It's not something that you, hey, I I want to enjoy. It's like a secret club. It's kind of like that. I don't want to say it's a secret club. It's not really, but it's more of a, it's who you know. And, you know, for those ones, it's get into networking events, get into, you know, the habit of expanding your network. Your network is your net worth. I was going to say, it was impressive that you learned that when you were 15 at Subway. Some, somehow. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? You got you to start talking to people because if you don't talk to enough people, you are, I'll tell you something. You give me a phone and I'll tell you how much you're going to be worth by going through the contacts. There you go. But you heard it from Fadi first, man. It's, it's all about the contacts you make. And this business is a full contact sport. 100%. 100%. Uh, so Even in my industry, it's the same thing. When I'm meeting with agents, and I, I, this is one of the reasons why coaching is very important. Right. When I'm meeting with agents, and I first thing I ask them is like, hey, man, how are you doing? Ah, it's been struggling. It's been this and this. Okay, tell me a little bit more about your day. It's the first thing you start is breaking down your day. Exactly. Give me a, a, a week. Can you tell me, explain to me from Monday to Friday, what do you do during the day? Yeah. Oh, well, I wake up at this time and I do this at this time and this and that. Okay, how many calls do you make? I don't track it. Why not? How many emails do you send? I don't track it. How many contacts a day do you make? I don't track it. If you can't track something, I guarantee you it will never go anywhere. Simple as that. Simple as that. You want something to grow, you got to track it. You want your weight to come down? Well, you got to measure yourself first. And then you track the progress. You want your muscle mass to grow? You got to measure yourself first. Don't do CrossFit if you're trying to do all that. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is, man. At the end of the day, you got to figure out how to grow your business. You know what? If you work at something long enough, I think, you know what? Some people, there's two different types of people I find. I feel feel like there's the ones that keep running as if it's a hamster wheel and they keep running in the same loop. And they wonder why things are going wrong. And they're like, but I'm working hard. And then at the same time, there's the ones that actually adapt and they're like, what is going wrong? And then by tracking what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, okay, you know what? Why don't I try this? So I'm not try this. I'm glad you brought this up. I was actually at a networking event and it was specifically for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Well, good for you. You go to those, eh? Yeah. Well, you got to go to everything. It's the best. It's the best. We're in the business of networking. Uh, Believe it or not. We're in the business of contacts, networking, people. I'm in the business of people. No. So the f- one question that came up, and this was actually one of the other entrepreneurs said, you know, you're successful. You do this, you do this. I see you always posting. You're always busy. You're always this. You're always closing deals. Tell me how, man. He's not in the same business. Totally different business. I said, look, man, it doesn't matter what business you do. As an entrepreneur, the only two important things that you have to look at, one, you got to think of yourself as a salesperson. 100%. If you don't think of yourself as a salesperson, Something's wrong. Nothing serves. But that's that's the first thing. You think of yourself as a salesperson. But as a salesperson, the only two important things that you need to do religiously, lead generation and follow-up. The follow-up is so crucial. And the money is in the follow-up. Unbelievable. Because here's the thing. How many times you got excited over, oh, I just got this massive opportunity. They want to do this. They want to do this. And they want to. And you never follow up with it. And where does it go? Someone else's pocket. That's what it goes. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Because what happens is that 
people, and here's here's why money is in the follow up. Ever heard of the rule of seven? Yes, I have. But go ahead and say it. Okay. So the rule of seven is people, if you tell them something, if I tell you something, it doesn't register the first time. I got to tell it to you seven, seven times. times. That's right. And that seven times could be many different ways. It could be, uh, hey, did you hear about this new thing? An hour later. Hey, man, text you. A couple of days later. But if I wait for a couple of weeks, you're going to forget it. 100%. And if someone meets you, even though they're super excited the second they meet you, so I'll give you an example on this. Right. I met this on that on that that first thing I said when I when that person asked me, she's like, "What do you do?" I said, "I specialize in helping immigrants get into homes." I love the way you put she that. said to me. She said, "I am an immigrant, and I'm trying." Later on, she said, "I'm an immigrant, and I'm trying to get in a home." I said, "Okay, perfect. Let's exchange numbers." She's like, yeah, I'd love to give you a call. And that was it. I could have waited for the phone to ring. That phone would have never ring. Never. I've done that before. Don't get me wrong, but I've learned the hard way. No. The second you give, if someone says, I'm going to call you, you got to call them. Who needs who? People, I feel like people have forgotten that, you know, you should, you, you need to earn their business as well. 100%. People have forgotten. They're so 100%. And on that, actually, you need to earn every step of the business. I'll get to that a little right. bit more when we go. And actually, that, that might be... I want to talk a lot about that because it's something I'm, I'm a firm believer it's in. It's definitely... Every step of the way, you got to earn your business. 100%. Every step of the way. And the reason why I'm saying, like, let's table that because it's basically the sales process. You got to earn every step of the way until that funnel comes down to it and you close it. That's right. So what happened? I said, okay, you know what? I'll give you a call. I lifted at that. Two days later... I thought I was going to forget it. No, no, no. I got on the phone, called her. She didn't answer. Left her voicemail. Gave her another half a day. Texted her. Hey, I called you earlier today. Blah, blah, blah. Left her. Yeah. Next thing you know, we're just talking today and she's about to close. This was like maybe a couple of months ago. She's about to close on a multi-unit. That's amazing. That's By a the million way, dollar what, sale. What's crazy is some people are like, you know what? I don't want to annoy them. They feel like they're getting annoying. But genuinely, people are very forgetful. 100%. It's you just have to flip the yeah. narrative in your brain. You know and what I mean? It's all about how you go about it. You can't be an asshole, obviously. Oh, like, hey, course. man, I, you know, if I'm calling someone, the first thing I say, I'm, I know I'm bugging you. I'm, no, I'm so sorry I'm bugging you. But you, you, it's, when, when we spoke, it, you were very genuine. It sounded like you really needed my help. No. And I don't want to, you know, lose, it out, lose yeah. out on helping you here. No. She's like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. I've seen your messages. I've seen your text. I've just been inundated with things. Yeah, exactly. I meant to call you tomorrow. Exactly. And I, and I said, and she said, you know what? If you didn't call me, I was going to call you tomorrow. But having said that, I think I'm also going to forget. Yeah, no, I, I'm telling you. Because People are have, very forgetful. We have so much shit going on during yeah. the day that we end up, things get thrown at you. You start the day. How many times you started the day in the morning and you said, I'm going to do those 10 things today and you've never touched them? No, because the phone rings and you got one issue to deal with and it yeah. just it's a And this effect. is why you got to start the five o'clock club. That's that's right. In the morning. A lot you know what? A lot of people are not disciplined for that. Well, you have to be, man. I know. No, I don't disagree you have with to you. Be. I do early. Those mornings. two hours earn you enough business for a lifetime. So what do you do in those two hours? Because I do something different. I so, don't know if it's the same, but I do something different. Well, first off, I the first thing I focus on is myself. Right. You gotta be very brutally honest with this because if you forget yourself. Just like the, the same list that we're talking about. You got 10 things on the list. If you forget yourself, 
you make yourself last, how can you fill up a cup if your cup is empty? All of, no, you can't. Simple as that. Yeah. So I start my first, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes is just focusing on what I've done yesterday. Meditate, breathe, center yourself, gratitude. What am I grateful for? And it's, it's not just what I'm grateful. I'm grateful for everything. But I love I, you, it. you have to just kind of recite it. When you're in a state of gratefulness, you're in a state of happiness. You cannot be angry and grateful at the same time. It doesn't work. Yeah. Gratefulness, like when you're in that, like just thinking of it, yeah. you cannot be upset and grateful. You cannot be anything but grateful. That's right. So you focus on that. You start your day with that. And then I just jump out, go to the, you know, hop in a quick shower, jump to the gym. Sometimes I don't take a shower, I just jump to the gym. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They're all just as stinky as I am. It's all good. <laughs> We're there to sweat it out. That's right. To rip yourself into shape or rip yourself and be the hardest person on yourself. So no matter what comes at you and later on, I've already beat myself up. How can you beat me if I already beat myself up? They say a sword is only sharp after it gets beaten so many times and thrown in the fire. Right? 100%. Wow. And that's the thing. Like if you're trying later on to beat me up, whether we're in a negotiation stage or you're you know, trying to get a better deal or you're just trying to be an asshole to me, I've already beat myself up. You can't. Yeah. Get in line. I've already done it. Yeah. So that's why I get that done out of the way in the morning. Once that's done, then I'm now ready. Whether, whatever you throw at me, I'm good to go. Well, you know, I feel, I feel the biggest thing about going to the gym as part of success is the discipline in itself because in the end of the day, you're showing up for yourself. You're not getting paid And that's to another thing too about this business that I'm yeah. in as well too. It's all about showing up. You know how many realtors that I've met and I go, yeah, what happened? He goes, I booked that appointment and this and this. It just, what happened? I just never went. That's the biggest mistake. You know what? I'm a, you, can, you can not I saw do this networking event and I, no. I just never went. My buddy invited me to this barbecue and I never went. No. Well, how do you expect to close fucking business? No, it's 100%. If you never show up. Yeah. Nobody's going to miss you. I say this all the time. I said, there's very, there's many things in life you cannot be good at. You cannot be good at the follow-up. You cannot be good at, you know, lead gen. You cannot be good at uh, closing. You can be not good at many things. But one thing you cannot do is say you're going to be somewhere and not show up. Because the second you do that, you've literally just done it to yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not showing up for yourself. Yep. You're breaking your word. And that's the worst thing you can do. What, what did I say today when you said, are you coming? I said, it's a date. Of course. You make a, if you make a word, yeah. you stay truthful to your word. hundred percent. Your word is all that you can have in this world. What's your pet peeve as a realtor? Because obviously I got my own pet peeves as, and being in the industry I am. What's a pet peeve for you guys? Dishonesty. I can't stand that. Dishonesty. I love how you went right to the guts, eh? That, that's it. Because to me, you know what? Is If you're honest with me and you're an asshole, I don't give a yeah. shit. Because I know what you're, where you stand. If I know where you stand, I couldn't give a shit. Like, because at the end of the day, I know where you stand and I know where I stand with you. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm actually, I'd rather deal with someone who is an asshole and honest than a liar than a liar and kissing ass. That's a fact. I don't want you kissing my ass. Fuck that, man. I get 20 people kissing my ass. I don't care. I want someone that's going to be honest with me no matter what. Because honesty, you always know where you stand with it. Yeah. And if, I, if someone says, hey, man, I'm going to be somewhere, Great. Hey man, this deal is bullshit. Great. That you like you can't replace. No, I agree with you. 
I agree with you. The one thing I can't stand is is that too. You know, at the end of the day, why are we tiptoeing around the subject? You have to be able to have that hard conversation mm-hmm. in life, anyways. If your house is not worth eight fifty, right? Your comparables are showing you seven sixty or seven seventy. You have to have the hard conversation. One hundred percent. And I feel like a, you know, actually watching a lot of you realtors, I feel I've I've, I've watched the actual dialogue. I've, this is a this is one thing I want to say to homeowners. I feel like a lot of you guys are still living in the fantasy world of the pandemic boom. Everybody and their mothers made money buying and selling houses yeah. in the pandemic. I feel now because we're in a little bit of a shortfall, we're in a little bit of a decline. Everybody still thinks their house. Oh, I got an I might, well, I got an offer for one point two million. Habibi, listen to me very carefully. That was two years ago. Nobody and their mothers can compare COVID mm-hmm. numbers into today's reality. Yeah. Your house is worth eight fifty. What do you want me to tell you? And a lot of these people, you know, it's funny. I feel like you have to sometimes be the scapegoat. Because even me, sometimes I, I'll get I don't, a call. I don't look at it that way, though. I don't look at it as a scapegoat. The way I look at it is, you know what? I'm sorry, but I've got to be the person to break it up to you. You know what? I've had a thousand and one encounters where I will go and I'll give a quote. Do you know what I just said earlier about like, hey, like I'd rather the asshole. A hundred percent. I'd rather be that asshole and say, hey, man, I am so sorry, but... There's only so much I can do. This is what your house is worth. This is what your building is worth. This is what your business is worth. Yeah, but what do they do after that? They say, oh, you know what? They talk to another realtor. I love this part. It is my favorite part. It's actually my favorite part. I love this part. Oh, yeah, we'll get you 961 million. Okay, sure enough. It's on the market for 90, 120 days. Not a call. What's uh, Fadi's number again? Yeah, give him a call. Okay, now you're back in reality. And then, oh, by that time now you got to check. Oh yeah, no, I went down another twenty five k, buddy. You gonna list it at that? Yeah. Oh, no, but you told me that was six months ago. Yeah, maybe oh, it's more. My favorite part of those, maybe call. more. Those. And that, but that's the thing. If you're brutally honest with people, they appreciate it. No matter what, even the asshole. I'm telling you, even the asshole will appreciate it because they look at it as no matter. Like I know where I stand with this person. And this is why I'm brutally honest. 100%. It's one of the reasons because one, I hate dishonesty. And then two, it doesn't serve anybody anything. If, if, if you're, for example, if you're someone that, but here's the thing, honest, dishonesty and honesty, uh, that, that talk about honesty, you still have to be polite. No, 100%. Just because I'm, you know, you don't have to be a complete jerk off and asshole. You still gotta- Always be nice. Like, I don't want someone to tell me, for example, oh man, you, you, you know, you, you look great. I want someone to say, you know what? You could look great if you do this and this and this. I don't think everybody should have that ability to do that. I think so. A I random think- person on the street with, you know, sits there and I, a lot of, I personally have thick skin. I couldn't care less. I love self-criticism. I love self-accountability. I don't think anybody, not everybody can take that. No. You know, if I came up to a random guy, you know, a person, everybody has, I find a lot of people have insecurities. Anybody that says they have none are insecure in themselves. Everyone is insecure. Man. Everybody has some kind of insecurities. I don't think anybody can take that kind of criticism at all times. I love that you said that personally. I'd rather, yo, hey, listen, man. You know, you put on 20 pounds. What's going on? Yeah. What's, yeah, what's going know. on? I know. If, I, if I, not by, I, by name, yeah. naturally, if, if whatever your network, your surrounding, your circle, if everybody's going into the gym and, I have him, and I'm gaining 20, 30 pounds of fat, you know, by default, you're going to be like, man, I got to put a fire in my ass. Look at these guys. I got to catch up now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why I love that saying when they say your network is your network. Uh, your network is your network. 100% man. Oh yeah. And the, 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 the most, like the closest people you hang out with and you keep in your circle, those are going to put you up. 
or bring you down. Is your circle consisted mostly of realtors? No, it's mix and match. Yeah? Mix you have a match. lot of realtors in the circle? I got some, yeah. Funny enough, I don't have one construction guy. <laughs> no, it's it's a mix and match. I've got a lot all around. And you'll be surprised like how many people are. But the close net circle, I could say about maybe four or five best friends. Good. Very good. And those ones are the ones that normally will bring you up. That's why, that's why that whole network thing, right? You know what? One thing that does bother me in today's date is everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but at the same time, fine. You know, I'm all about the entrepreneur life. So are you, you know? But the thing is, is I have a team. I don't know about how, I don't know if realtors, obviously at some point, maybe you'll have like VAs or assistants and all the other stuff. But the crazy part is, is I feel like a lot of the times now, you know, people will be like, oh, I have a job. I work for X, Y, and Z. Wow, I'm into crypto. I'm into this, I'm into that. And at the same time, as if you're beneath them, but at the same time, if it wasn't for that team member, they're the ones building your dream, you know? 100%. They're the so, ones building that dream for you. But here's where a lot of entrepreneurs make a mistake. Remember what I said earlier, those two most important things are lead generation and follow-ups. And follow-ups. All the other stuff is very important, but it's not as important as those two. And those two, you have to be, as a business owner, you have to be the one taking care of them. I feel like as a business owner, you should be good at 80% of the job. All around. You, you no, know, you should be a, almost 100%. You will know. Now, there's you, nobody you're never going to be 100% at everything, yeah. but you have to be really good at those two things. Because those two things, as much as you want to try to outsource, it's never no, going to be... Sales is different. I feel like every business owner should be very good in sales. That's what I'm saying. Those yeah. two, like the lead generation and the follow-up, yeah. you should be the one owning that. Yeah. And when I say owning, I don't mean necessarily you're doing it yourself. I've, I've been with, you know good friends, VPs and VPs of sales and CSOs and what have you, they don't, they still own the process. They still own it. Yeah. But everybody answers to them to it. They hold, they hold everybody accountable to it. Very good. It's the lifeblood of any business. Life that's blood why. of their business. Yeah. But everything else, you can get somebody that's good at it to do it. Yeah. I can outsource my accounting. I can outsource my bookkeeping. That's right. I can outsource, uh, you know, someone to do the paperwork for me. Right. I can outsource someone to go and pick up lockboxes. I can outsource staging. I, all of that stuff. Although it's part and parcel of my business, no. I can still outsource it. And I know that they are going to do a much better job and it might be more expensive, but I, it doesn't matter. Yeah, focus on if what... I can shift the focus on something that's more important, which is bringing more opportunities in, yeah, and that's where the focus follow. should be. Yeah. So Good imagine you. if you can do that 100% of the time. So are you willing, right? Well, so because we're going to have to wrap it up. We're, uh, we're running out of time. One thing I do want to ask is, are you are, are 100%, are you actually willing right now to take on more people that want to enter the industry? Are you willing to mentor people like you said earlier? Because if you are- I absolutely would. My interview process is very stringent because if I'm going to take you on as a mentor, it's different than if I'm going to take you on as just somebody working with me. So where would they get a hold of you? Where can they find you? What's your Instagram or anything like that? Your phone number? Yeah, agent underscore fatty K. And my phone number is all You're, you're trademarking that at, some, at this point, eh? 100%. Agent 007. I was I always saw Mr. Real Estate or... No, no. You know, agent sold underscore. By, I think the sold by something is the most popular. Sold one. by is, is, yeah. Well, I mean, 
It uh, works. For some people agent, it works. Uh, agent Fatty for sure. Agent underscore Fatty K. Very good. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. And that way I don't have to worry about it. It's worldwide. It's uh, it can't yeah, be. So you know, for anybody listening, whoever wants to get in touch uh, with uh, with Agent Fatty, that's his Instagram. Agent He's, underscore Fatty K. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but obviously clearly you're gonna and, be stringent. Fatty with a Y, not. With uh, you a know I. what? Like I said, I think you're. I think you're an incredible guy. Obviously, I've known you for a little while now. I I definitely give you the Frank stamp. That's where we're gonna start calling the Frank that. stamp, buddy. Oh, I got the Frank stamp. Let's go. I definitely think you know, one hundred percent. You're amazing at what you do. I think anybody, if they really want a mentor, hey, you're the man to go to. I have a question though. Uh, you're gonna join me one day on one of those CrossFit classes? Or you what? know what? I think in a million years you still won't catch me there, Fatty man. It's a pleasure, like always, my brother. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you Appreciate so much for it, coming man. on. Thank you. Till next time. Perfect. Habibi, Fatty. That was good.